Hello and welcome to the Triathlete Beat Podcast, where we aim to inspire and inform everyone about the wonderful sport of triathlon. You are now tuned in to episode number three of the Triathlete Beats Podcast. I am your host and fellow triathlete, Jeremy Rojas, aka Jeremy Try. In today's episode, we're going to go over swimming basics. That's right, some of the most basic concepts and techniques that can really help the beginner triathlete or those who want to get into swimming really get into the sport. For the more intermediate swimmers out there or the more intermediate triathletes, the list that I'm going to cover in today's episode can be a pretty good refresher for you, and who knows, maybe you might learn something new from this episode as well. First of all, I just wanted to say thank you all for joining on today's podcast episode. It's been about two weeks since I last released an episode. My apologies for that. I actually got sick for most of that time. If you can still hear a bit of congestion in my voice, you know, when you're sick, it's really hard to to do things like this. You just feel like sitting on the couch and doing absolutely nothing. But, um, you know, I'm going to get back to releasing podcasts weekly on a regular basis. Um, Also, in the time that we've been apart, I completed the Las Olas Sprint Triathlon down here in the sunny Fort Lauderdale, Florida. It was a pretty good race. Uh, It was my tune-up race for the season. Pretty much, um, I saw the results and I'm like, all right, cool. I really, really need to step up the training. So uh, nonetheless, it was a great experience. I hadn't done that race before. I've done plenty of uh, multi-race races down here in South Florida, but that was my first time doing the Las Olas Triathlon. I would definitely do it again. So if you listened to the first two episodes of this podcast, in episode number one, I went over a list of common excuses that prevent people from doing a triathlon, and I explained why I truly believe that pretty much anyone can do a triathlon. Then in episode number two, I went over why you don't need expensive gear. You don't need an expensive bike. You don't need expensive shoes. You don't need to spend a lot of money to get into the sport of triathlon. So if you listen to those two episodes, you might be wondering, well, okay, So I'm motivated to do a triathlon, I can do a sprint race or a sprint relay race, and I don't need to drop a whole ton of cash to do a race. Awesome, well, where do I go from here? And the answer that I have to that is, you gotta start training. You gotta start swimming, you gotta start the biking, and you gotta start the running. Now out of those three sports, I really feel that swimming is one of the biggest barriers to people doing triathlon. I feel this way because almost everybody knows how to run, most people out there know how to bike, but even fewer people know how to swim. Most of my friends out there who know how to swim today all learned when they were in elementary school, they were on swim team or swim team in high school or swam in college. These of my friends who have a history of swimming are really, really good swimmers today. And then you have the other group of people who are just like me, who took swimming lessons when they were younger, and pretty much that was it. That was their history of learning how to swim besides a couple of pool parties or water parks in Orlando. 
Um, fast forward to college when I started to get into swimming, I really didn't know much about how to swim laps when I would visit the pool because um, one, I was never trained for it. And two, yeah, the last time I swam really swimming lessons was when I was like 12 or 13 years old. Swimming is a super, super technical sport. I mean, it engages the entire body. And those Olympians, they make it look so effortless and so easy. But really, so much work and technique goes into every single stroke, every single kick to really get the entire body moving as one efficiently through the water. You know, I'm going to go out and actually say I think swimming is more technical than biking and running. Now, that's probably just me who didn't come from a swimming background and I'm still trying to learn and, you know, improve my stroke immensely. There's just so much that really goes into it. And I think, you know, it takes a lot more perfecting to find an efficient stroke and be really good at it than it takes to be a really good runner or a really good cyclist. But I'm curious to what you all may think about that. Send me a tweet at Jeremy underscore try or message me and let me know your thoughts on that. I'd really be curious to know. All right, now let's get to the basics. I'm going to go over four swimming basics that I put together. And I'll try to be as descriptive as I can because obviously this is just audio and um, you can't see what I'm describing. However, I'll link some YouTube videos in the show notes of a couple of videos that I found really helpful. And when I'm explaining things during this podcast, I'll try to be as descriptive as I can. So whether you're driving or walking around right now, you can imagine exactly what I'm trying to portray in your heads. So basic number one is breathing. Breathing is the foundation of swimming. If you're not breathing correctly or efficiently, the rest of your stroke will be off. One common mistake that many beginner swimmers out there make, and this is something that I actually was doing when I first started swimming, is that when your head is in the water, you are holding your breath. Then, when you turn your head for air, inhale and exhale at the same time. Then, when the head goes back in the water, you're holding your breath. And that cycle repeats. This is incorrect. When your head is in the water, you're supposed to be exhaling via blowing bubbles with your nose. So that when you turn your head, all you have to do is take a big, big inhale of air into your lungs. Now you're ready to put your head back into the water and be exhaling, blowing bubbles. Then turn your head once again, take a big gulp of air and then turn your head back into the water. So this is the correct way of how to breathe during swimming. So just think, when your head is in the water, blow bubbles. When you turn for air, take a nice big inhale of air into your lungs and repeat that cycle. So there's a really, really easy way to practice this. Head to your local pool or beach, lake, river, or you really can do this in your bathtub or a sink if you fill it up with water, but I don't recommend that. So, for example, head to the pool, stand in about waist to chest deep of water, and then simply just put your head, dip your head into the water, and blow bubbles with your nose. Then turn your head to the side and take a nice gulp of air. Then return your head back into the water and blow bubbles. Do this about 10 to 15 times while you stand in the pool, 
And that is a great way to practice how to properly breathe while swimming. So I actually really like to do this drill before my triathlon races, before the swim portions of those races, whenever I can, because it really helps me uh, get acclimated to the water, especially if the water is cold. Doing that drill that I just described helps get my face used to the temperature of the water so that, you know, when the race begins, my body and my face, it's not shocked with the temperature of the water. This also helps me in that blowing the bubbles in the water and turning my head to breathe. It also gives me confidence that my goggles are nice and tight and that, you know, there's no chance of leakage and that there's no chance of water going into my goggles. So doing this drill helps simulate, you know, me actually swimming and blowing bubbles once the race has started. And it really also helps acclimate my body to the water and helps me get into a regular breathing mindset. So when you go to take your breath, you should be turning to either the left side or the right side. You really shouldn't be turning onto your back much when you breathe. That's not really efficient. With the exception of if you're doing like an ocean swim or a lake swim and there are a lot of waves, sometimes, you know, just merely turning your head isn't enough to get a nice big gulp of air. In those cases, it's acceptable to turn, rotate your body more, say onto your back a little more to get more air. But really, you shouldn't be turning onto your back when you breathe. You should be breathing in the trough of water that is being moved by your head. Now imagine a ship as it moves through the sea. In the front of the ship, it's moving water to the left of it and to the right of it. And this movement of the water by the ship's head actually creates like a trough. So you can imagine the ship's head like your head, and it's pushing the water. So as your head pushes the water to the left and to the right, there are these pockets of air, and those pockets of air are where you're going to be taking your your breaths. So with this in mind, when you go to take your breath, your body should be rotating along with your head and it should be just one motion with your head turning slightly into that pocket of air and taking your big breath of air right there. Nice rhyme. One more thing about breathing that's pretty important is that you should be breathing bilaterally. So pretty much you take a couple of strokes, breathe to your right, take another couple of strokes, and then breathe to your left. This is pretty important when you do triathlon so that your stroke can be nice and even. And also, you should be comfortable breathing on both sides because when you get into the race, there's a lot of people all around you. There's waves and currents. You have to be ready to breathe on the left side, breathe on the right side, because the conditions during the race are pretty unpredictable. It's pretty common to take three strokes, breathe to the left, Take three more strokes and then breathe to the right. This is a pattern which I actually follow and it works pretty well. Basic number two is body position. So your body should be swimming on top of the water and it should be parallel to the bottom of the pool or the bottom of the ocean or lake or river, wherever you're swimming. A very common problem for beginner swimmers is that their legs tend to sink which in turn, this causes the entire lower body to dip below the water. And to compensate for this, they tend to kick faster. And this really just gets you more tired, resulting in a super inefficient stroke. All right, so I want you to imagine yourself on a beautiful tropical island at the beach. 
You're standing waist deep in the ocean and you have a surfboard with you. The surfboard is on top of the water and there are no waves. The seas are calm. So you push the surfboard. And the surfboard, of course, it's a surfboard. It just floats and goes off into the ocean. Now, let's say you have a bag of sand. Put that bag of sand onto the back of the surfboard. Now you should see that the back of the surfboard is leaning slightly into the water more than the front of the surfboard. So this is just like in swimming. Don't be like the surfboard with a sandbag on it. You don't want your lower body sinking into the water. You want to think about swimming on top of the water. Think about being a surfboard beautifully floating in the waters of a beautiful tropical island. So a quick fix for the problem of lower body sinking into the water is to keep your eyes looking straight down at the bottom of the pool. If you look straight down at the bottom of the pool, your head becomes in a really good position, which in turn causes your entire body to follow. I remember Michael Phelps gave this tip in um, some video out there, but he was like, yeah, when I swim, I look straight down at the bottom of the pool. This really helps in getting your body swimming parallel to the ground and or swimming on top of the water. One other aspect of good swimming body position is that your body should be rotating. It really shouldn't be facing flat towards the ground when you swim. Imagine a pole going down from the middle of your head to your feet. Your body should be rotating on this axis. I'll link a video in the show notes to better illustrate this concept. Once you get those basic body positions down, then you'll be gliding through the water in no time. Swim basic number three, stroke mechanics. This is pretty much what you do with your arms. This is a very complex part of the stroke. I mean, you have the pull catch phrases, there's techniques called early vertical forearm, aka EVF, but all you really need to know is this. When your hand enters the water, it should be entering fingers first. I've seen people who their hands enter the water palm first and it looks super weird like you're kind of petting a dog. But yeah, hand enters into the water fingers first and you can actually buy swim paddles, which I'll link in the show notes. Those help with getting proper hand entry into the water. So remember that pole that I mentioned that goes from the top of your head to your feet? Imagine that again and when your arms are coming through and entering into the water, they should not be crossing this pole. So your right arm should be coming up in front of your right shoulder and coming into the water in that same line. It shouldn't be crossing the pole to the other side. Likewise, imagine your left arm coming up over your head and over your shoulders, and your left arm should be entering into the water in that same line as well. It should not be crossing the imaginary pole to the side of the right. It wasn't until somebody filmed my stroke when I noticed, hey, my arms are actually crossing the imaginary pole, and I immediately uh, went out and fixed that. So if you can, and when you can, try to get someone to film your stroke. It really, really helps. So now your arm is in the water. You need to start pulling through. Your arm should not be straight when you pull through. Try to keep in mind having your elbow as high as you can. And you need to achieve a 90 degree elbow as well when you start pulling. So instead of having your arm dropping through the water and pulling through to your hips, 
you actually have to get a nice bend at your elbow. Imagine like you're wrapping your arm around a big barrel. That is what gives you the power as you pull through to your waist. That's what really propels you forward in your stroke. This is a pretty complex part of the stroke and surely I'll put a video link in the show notes to further display this. Alright friends, so we've made it to the fourth swimming basic. The kick. So before we start kicking, we have to make sure our body is parallel to the ground or on top of the water per se. I just mentioned it a couple of minutes ago. You have to have your head looking straight down and this will allow the rest of your body to be in good position. Namely, it will have your legs in good position to start kicking efficiently. So a common tip to get a really good kick is that you should be kicking from the hip. You should really have minimal knee bend. As you kick from the hip, your knee will naturally have a little bit of bend, but you shouldn't be consciously bending your knees to kick. A kick from the hip and a good way to practice kicking from the hip is to imagine a coin between your buttocks. That's right, imagine a coin held between your butt cheeks and kick. <laughs> it might seem like an odd concept, but it really does help. It helps get you into the mindset of kicking from the hip. So it works for me, and if you haven't tried it already, I strongly recommend you try this out next time you hit the pool. Getting the kick right is obviously important as it's the propeller to your entire swim stroke. So a lot of information was just thrown at you. I'm going to give a quick recap of the four swimming basics that I just went over to kind of summarize all of the main points of this episode. So swim basic number one is breathing. Just remember to exhale when your head's in the water. Inhale when your head is out of the water or when you turn for breath. And by exhale, I mean blow bubbles out of your nose. For this, you can practice standing in the pool and do the whole head in the water, blow bubbles, turn your head, head out of the water, and inhale a big gulp of air. Swim basic number two is body position. Your body should be parallel to the bottom of the pool. And you should think about swimming on top of the water. Remember to keep your head looking straight down at the bottom of the pool, which will allow your body to level out. Remember, be the surfboard, not the surfboard with a bag of sand on it. Swim basic number three is stroke mechanics. Your hand has to be entering into the water fingers first. Your arms should go above your head but keep them in line with the side of your body to your shoulders. Imagine that pole going through the center of your head down to the bottom of your feet. Your right hand should not cross that pole. Your right arm should not cross that pole as it brings your hand to enter the water. And similarly, your left arm should not cross that pole as it brings your hand to enter the water as well. Also remember, once your arm is in the water, it shouldn't be pulling to your hips in a straight line. You should imagine grabbing a big barrel and getting a nice 90 degree angle at your elbow and pulling through to your hips that way. And finally, the swim basic number four is the kick. Imagine a coin between your butt cheeks to really help you start kicking from the hips. I strongly suggest that you use both a pull buoy and a kickboard in your swim workouts. 
if there's a lap pool, they usually have like this big white container with a bunch of pool buoys and a bunch of kickboards. So you can find them there. What the pool buoy will allow you to do is that you put it between your thighs and pretty much it elevates your lower body so that you can just focus on your upper body stroke. On the other hand, of course, you have the kickboard, which you put your arms on the kickboard and can concentrate on your kick. So I highly suggest that you separate training your upper body and your lower body. And when you get good at both at the end of each training session, put it all together. It's kind of like, you know, learning piano. You know, you, you practice with your left, you practice with your right, a piece, and then you slowly bring them both together and have both hands working cohesively together. Some nice-to-haves that I like to mention are swim paddles, which I mentioned before in the episode. These swim paddles should be in the same container where you'll find the swim buoy and the kickboards, so definitely give those a shot. They can really help in getting you some proper hand entry in your stroke. Also, there are some fins which help bring some variation to your swim kick workouts. Friends, that's just about all I had for today. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and thank you, thank you so much for listening. If you like what you've been hearing on this podcast, please rate, comment, write a review, subscribe, and share it with your family and friends. It would really help propel the podcast forward. As always, if there's anything you want me to talk about on the podcast in particular, please let me know either on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. My handles for all of those are Jeremy underscore try or at my website, jeremytry.com, which is also where you can learn more about me and see the show notes for this podcast episode. Thank you so much once again for taking a seat with the Triathlete Beat.